Welcome to Seers, Beers, Knowers, and Doers, a podcast about intuition. Do you know what that is? Intuition to me is that inner sense or knowing that something is true, and yet I have no proof. But there's so many definitions, and there's so many ways it can come. I'm looking to bring together and share with you some amazing guests who have some amazing life stories and also some insights into how intuition can come. And I'm looking to gather those crows in the trees. I hope you're one of them. I hope that this podcast inspires you to be more connected to your intuition. And I hope that by doing that, we make the world a better place. Thanks for coming on this journey with me. Before we get started today, I would love to share some tools with you to help with stress and feeling overwhelmed, especially for the energetically sensitive person. Feel free to go to my store on my website at www.healingvitality.ca. Thanks so much for coming on this journey with me. So I'm super excited today because I have connected with a podcast guest who was referred by another podcast guest, Kim Coleman, and she said yes. So thank you, Darlene Tyndale, for sharing with us today a little bit about yourself, a little bit about intuition. I'm looking forward to sharing your story with the world. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Everybody loves this question. Tell us about yourself. Right. That's like the hardest, openest question you can ask, right? (laughs) Okay. Well, let's see been telling my story differently because right now I'm in England. I've been prefacing my story with, I'm a Canadian living in England and Europe on an adventure. And and that doesn't really tell you much, but I grew up in kind of small town and moved a lot. I'm an only child. And I think maybe I've been kind of nomadic my whole life. And so it makes sense to be here living this kind of lifestyle. I haven't, I think I've moved 28 times, and so uh, putting roots down hasn't really been my thing. Not out of choice, just because that's kind of how, how life happened. And and so I I used to look for roots, look to do that, and I had kids and a family and a home and, um, and a marriage and all that kind of stuff, and so I was rooted for 20 years, kind of. But now I'm embracing this gypsy, nomadic lifestyle. And I guess I'm considering myself kind of a modern mystic and really learn to lean into that that guidance and wisdom and follow my intuition and, and um, embrace life as it shows up and not be the one in control, but uh, the one following um, some kind, somebody's design, somebody's plans working with me to give me a great adventure. Wow. Yeah. Well, I knew we were going to go some cool places, but I didn't know how nomadic your life was before you started this adventure. So what situation would have moved you 28 times? Yeah. We moved several times when I was a kid. I think I was in 11 schools. Just happened that And so I didn't get didn't get good at making friends, definitely didn't get good at keeping friends. It just was life circumstances. So it started out with my family, like with my parents, moving quite a bit. And then my mom left my dad and that, that ended up in more moving. And as a student, I moved quite a bit. 
And then um, when I had kids, we ended up moving quite a bit. And it's just, I don't know, how do, how do patterns like that happen in a person's life? I'm not even sure. But, I mean, you can fight it or you can embrace it. Right. Totally. So was it always not your choice or was it sometimes your choice? It, until I was, hmm, that's a good question. Mm. I think until I finished university, it wasn't really by choice. It was by either my parents making the call or it was by necessity because of where school was or where, um, where jobs were, that kind of thing. And I just did what was, you know, the next best step, the next thing that made sense. And then as an adult with kids, I think we were just trying to give our kids a better home. And, and also we were looking for work, you know, that kind of thing. And then at some point we wanted to be closer to family because we were in Alberta. Family was in Ontario. It's just what's made sense. And it's culminated in this, uh, in lots and lots of moving. Well, and it sounds like big moves. <laughs> Like, not just down the street, next town over moves. Yeah, it's been big moves. Not, I mean, it's been to different towns. Maybe I could count the towns. It wouldn't be as many towns, but it still might be, I don't know, a dozen towns or something like that. Wow. And now it's by choice. Now it's by choice, and it's so cool. Yeah, and now it's so interesting. Yesterday... I was with a friend, and we ended up getting National Trust. I shouldn't be saying this on radio or whatever, on podcast. We ended up getting these National Trust memberships um, in England to go and visit historical sites. And I don't have an address. <laughs> You're supposed to have an address. You're supposed to have a fixed address um, to get one of these memberships. And I actually don't have an address. And when people ask me where I live, I just kind of say, here, <laughs> this is where I live. It might be for three weeks or 10 days, but this is where I live. Like, I live where I am. Right. So, like, that brings up the point of being present, interestingly enough. So, has all these moves made you more scattered or more grounded? Or would you say you were always grounded? Hmm. I feel really grounded right now. Don't think I was that I ha I have always been grounded in a sense, but it's so funny how how solid I feel now. Cool. Yeah. And you're probably moving more than you've ever moved. <laughs> I am and I I still have stuff, but it's in a sea can. So, you know, basically got my little roller bag, my carry on roller bag in a backpack. And I feel so free. Um, and I always feel like I belong. Cool. And so that has nothing to do with the people you exist with. It has a, has to do with what's inside you or what's, what do you think? What is the, what is the magic there? Cause a lot of people don't feel like they belong and they know everybody around them. So share your magic. What is that? Yeah. It's this lifestyle. So I'm house sitting and pet sitting and I'm living like a local. And somehow, um, you know what it's like when you have a baby or you have a dog? It's so easy to make friends and meet people. And this lifestyle is kind of like that too. People embrace you and take you into their home and you meet their family and um, you sleep in bed and you uh, use their kitchen and you soak in their bathtub and use their washing machine and things like that. 
And it's like having an extended family everywhere you go. Everywhere ends up being home. Um, so I've made all kinds of friends. And if I have uh, time and opportunity, I'll go to a yoga class and I'll make friends. There's an app where you can make friends. And so I will strike up conversations with people and go out and discover the local haunts and uh, get introduced around and like somehow I feel more connected now than I have ever before. Really cool. Uh, like the, the irony of it all is so intriguing. So what took you from Canada to pet sitting and house sitting? Yeah, like in Europe. I got lucky. <laughs> <laughs> my my dad and my stepmom have done it for years. And and actually last year I got a or I don't know what year it is now. I moved to a new town and was looking to make friends and I ran into somebody I met or I knew from Facebook and she happened to live in that middle of nowhere town. So I said, "Well, I want to come and see this house you're building." So I come over, and she's got a friend helping her. And I explained, you know, the recent changes in my life, and I'm just looking to make friends in the area, and I'm not really sure where I'm living yet. And this friend says, well, I'm going to Mexico for six months. I need somebody to live in my house and watch my dog. And so I went and checked out her house and a cute little shih tzu. And so I ended up with a place to live for six months with all my expenses paid, really good internet. I had room to set up a stained glass studio and and just settle in. And so that was my first intro into that. And then when that ended, I was at my dad's place, my dad and my stepmom's place, um, hanging out there trying to figure out where where to be next. And I'm, I'm welcome to stay there as long as I like. It's a beautiful place, but I didn't need to be there. And my they've always done this house sitting, and so I thought, well, I have I have no need to stay here. I have no obligations. Work is largely online, so why not do this? So I managed to convince a friend, and we went together, and it was just a learning curve to it, but now it seems like the simplest thing in the world. Cool. What do you do for work? What how, What's your online work? Yeah, well, I do spiritual mentorship and transformational life coaching. And that's, so that's, been... yeah, that's the online stuff. If I get a chance in person, I do retreats and workshops and some sound therapy and hands-on healing and things like that. And I love doing that stuff. But for now, the online stuff is a great, a great way to stay connected with clients and, and still serve people. How long have you been doing that? A really long time. not online for a really long time but um i started i don't know like in 2000 what did you do before that Mm. well i started i started out um as a reiki master in 2000 and then i used some of that knowledge and skills and everything else i was learning and i started doing workshops uh, for people on personal development and spirituality and then eventually I became a yoga teacher and taught a lot of yoga and mantra and uh, things related to Ayurveda and stuff like that. And I studied Eden energy medicine and incorporated that 
mm-hmm. into what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And, and then I ended up studying coaching and neuroscience-based coaching and three principles coaching. And so now it's kind of a blend, mm. a blend of all of that. And what took you, what were you doing before 2000? Before 2000, I was in university. So you, you did this right out of school? Yeah, I started cool. uh, studying Reiki in first year university. Before anybody knew what it was, and you were such a weirdo said the word energy. Right, okay. I'm still a weirdo, but now people <laughs> know what energy is. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, that is not typical in university. Wow. What were you studying in university? Oh, I started out studying international relations because, you know, I wanted to heal the world. It was heavy on the economics and, um, and history. It really wasn't what I wanted. And then and then I, I didn't know what to do. I wanted to stay in school. I don't think I had great uh, great guidance counseling. But I ended up in art history, which I actually loved. And I do find it very useful, ironically, in my work. But, you know, I just kind of did to do something. And I'm, I'm glad that I did it, but I would do it differently now. Interesting. And how long have you been doing stained glass? And what took you there? Ooh, stained glass? Yeah. Stain, mm. I've done stained glass when I was a kid. Like... Uh, like very young I was introduced to it uh, we we did a stained glass for the new church kind of thing and and it was a kids project to do the stained oh, yeah. glass and it was simple but all of the whole process was used and it was fascinating to me but I've not done it since wow cool yeah 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 so when you said stained glass I'm like oh I kind of know what you're doing but I'm sure your work is much more intricate than what we did but yeah what got you into stained glass Yeah, well, I was living in Red Deer, Alberta. They have great programs there, great art programs. And I did a pottery program and welding for artists, and they also had stained glass. And so that would have been like 2006, something like that. And I bought all of the gear. I just fell in love with it. But it wasn't until I moved back to Ontario that I had room uh, to get set up. So I must have started in 2012, 2013, something like that. And uh, and now it really is a passion. I love it. Mm. It teaches me so much about life. Can you share one lesson? What do you mean? Well, I like working with scraps, like cutoffs, and putting them together kind of like a, a tapestry. And so you get these shards of different colors. And to me, it tells me the story of life, that it doesn't always make sense, all these little pieces. When you put them all together in that tapestry, it creates something really beautiful. And some of the pieces are ugly, you know, like they're ugly colors or ugly textures that I would never have chosen. But I put them in there specifically because they actually add beauty somehow to the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And so it's a reminder that the difficult times of life or the things that feel lucky um, actually create that depth and contrast and uh, they make the whole thing more, more beautiful. That makes so much sense. So I'm going to shift gears a little bit. 
How does intuition come to you? Mm. Oh, you know, the first thing that popped in my mind when you said that is, it's my best friend. (laughs) (gasps) I didn't always feel intuitive. And I really worked at it and played with it um, before I became really comfortable with it. And now, if I have um, the idea to do something, I usually go for it. And I just trust, trust the ideas that come up. So if it feels fun, I go for it. If it feels like something's not a good idea, then I look into it. If it feels scary, then I give it some consideration and decide whether or not that's true or, or something else is coming up that I need to look at. But generally, I just give things a try and see what happens. And you. usually it works out really well. <laughs> okay. So you're, how are you receiving? The ideas are popping in your head. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Do you know, I just revisited something that I created. And so I was looking at this yesterday. Do you know the definition for idea? What is it? It's a concept or a thought the mind of God. Concept or thought from the mind of God? Thought. Yeah, in the mind of God. In the mind of God. So to me, what that means is whenever you say, I have an idea, that is a gift. That is life creating through you. And that is being connected. And we don't have to, we're not obligated to act on every idea. But I, I see it as like a sacred gift. Nobody said that before, Darlene. That is beautiful. I have goosebumps. You don't know about my goosebumps, but they're, <laughs> they're one of my intuitive asks. I was like, can you make sure I get the point, please? And so they gave me goosebumps. And that is like, oh, pay attention, exclamation point. So you use the word feel and you do, you act on some of your ideas. So there's a few things that are coming up. That I just from how you're expressing yourself into how intuition actually comes into your life. So that's really cool. Yeah. The other thing is, like, I'm finding I've been asking, I've told you how I do my asks, which is I give thanks for the things that I don't have yet. And to me, that's asking. So I have been asking for collaborators. And people who are excited about my vision want to help me. And um, so I've been asking for allies and fruitful collaborations and harmonious relationships and, um, and things like this. And so now I am intuitively guided towards people and then they end up having great ideas mm-hmm. that they give me. They're like, you should do this. And I'm like, that's a great idea. And I didn't have to come up with it all on my own. Oh, so fine. it's like I'm, I'm getting partners, partners who help do some of the heavy lifting. It's not all up to me. Nice. So that's another way you get so your they intuition. listen. They're guided. Yeah. Interesting. Outsourcing. Outsourcing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> cool. Now, it's interesting because you have been inspired from from what we've talked about before the podcast and I just find it super interesting how 
how people show up. So you were, you were inspired to like sit at cafes and meet people and some of the ways that that's actually impacted people has been really curious to me. Would you be willing to share some of that? Yeah. Are you talking about my miracles project? Yes. Yeah. Cause I had this project come to me kind of like it was an evolution, but I didn't see it as a project at the time. I saw it as workshops and coaching and I was, I knew I was coming to England and I knew I wanted to connect with people. I knew that the laws uh, restrict me from working and volunteering while I'm here. So I had to be careful with that kind of thing. But I really wanted to connect with locals. And I really wanted to be of service. And um, and so this came to me um, to extend my, my program, which is called This is a Place for Miracles, and to bring it to small businesses. And in the way of creating artwork for them and claiming their establishment as a place for miracles. And so... You might go like, who would be interested in that? But surprisingly enough, people really resonate with it. So that is one of the ways that I've been um, impacting people and connecting with people in cafes. And the most recent one was in Porto, in Portugal. And I ended up having to spend a lot of time in this one cafe um, waiting for uh, an Airbnb to open um, or for check-in time. So check out from one at 10 or 11 in the morning, I have to wait till three or four in the afternoon for the next. So I end up in this, in this cafe and I happened to have all my stuff with me. And I noticed that they had these like inspirational quotes on the walls and just these welcoming um, quotes and things that, you know, like this kitchen is meant for dancing and stand here and take a breath and appreciate life and stuff like that. And I thought, oh my God. I could put this as a place for miracles on their wall and I have everything with me because of all of my luggage. So I showed a picture to the owner that I had created um, a friendship with and, and she instantly lit up. She absolutely lit up. And I said, would you like me to do this here? And she was just beside herself. And she said, wait till you hear my story. This is a place for miracles. And so before you went, I've got my suitcase wide open. I've got to dig to the bottom of the one side of it, dig out my stencil. Um, her business partner is going going to the basement to find the paint. And uh, and here we are painting on their walls. This is a place for miracles. And, uh, yeah, it's just such a beautiful experience. So cool. I love then when, when, the, when the miracles and magic just show up like that and it's, something that we all have in our lives but we don't necessarily all recognize it we might call it different things but i think the energy of celebrating it when you notice it um and not just kind of sloughing it off as coincidence because we slough a lot of things off as a society i think as oh that's just a coincidence yeah i mean i am in complete agreement with you that acknowledging it is what fuels it yeah and don't we want to be fueling more of that yeah absolutely do and i had this is a place for miracles and my life is a place for miracles posted all over my house for a few years and i would repeat it i try i try to see the sticky notes 
you know, on my walls or the little pieces of paper that I had put up or see it on the mirror. And once in a while I would catch it and I would just repeat it. And then after a while I'd go like, holy, my life is a place for miracles. And it just started to like snowball. And now my life is just absolutely magical. I love it. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story and your magic with us today. This has been cool. Hopefully people will be inspired to follow their ideas now that they have a new definition for it that they maybe didn't know. And yeah, I look forward to speaking to you more. It's been so cool to connect with you. We've connected on and off like before this podcast several times and it's just been a situation where like I feel like I've known you way longer than I've known you. Well, thank you so much. I love talking about this stuff. Yeah, me too. I'm pretty sure we'll be doing it again, Darlene. Sounds great. All right, cool. Until next time. Okay. Thank you so much for giving us your time today. We truly appreciate our guests for sharing their stories and insights about how intuition has impacted their lives. And I'm so grateful for Peter Trainer for his time in giving me this original music. It's now your turn. It's your turn to listen and act on your own intuition and help make the world a better place. Until next time, keep seeing, being, knowing, and doing. If you like this podcast, please share it. If you want to find others like it, go to www.healingvitality.ca or wherever you would find your podcasts. We would love to have you join us on this journey. Come be a crow sitting in the tree. Be part of our community.